1: The SPT Secret Society is open for students who are looking to make a massive change in their PT school journey with fellow SPTs from around the world through our three pillars of study habits, personal development, and finances.
0: This is for the motivated SPT ready to take action now, because you know PT school is only a couple years long. So what are you waiting for? Click the
1: link right now in the show notes to join us in the SPT secret
0: society and get your first month free by emailing us ecretsay, E-C-R-E-T-S-A-Y. Welcome to gratitude I'm Sarah and I'm Gabby and we are two new grad DPTs helping you get through PT school
1: on your first try debt-free join us as we guide you through the insanity of PT school welcome to another episode of gratitude everyone we are so excited to have our guest on today and Brian is on the podcast thank you so much for coming on today
2: yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, really excited to talk to you guys, really going to dive into different topics and really excited for you guys and, and as kind of what you guys have grown here and built this kind of culture around. So congratulations with everything for sure.
0: Yeah, and we were just talking about boards. So, today we'll just give people a little sneak peek and then we'll get into it later. But we're talking about boards, talking about retaking it, talking about building a business as a new grad, too. And so, first, let's start back in the day. Like, what got you into physical therapy in the first place?
2: Yeah, great question. So, I would say I'm more on the non traditional route as far as physical therapy goes. Um, So, definitely back in the day in high school, I did the whole work at the PT clinic as a PT aide, all of that, and that was that kind of got me exposed, Um, so I was always kind of into it. Um, Went to school originally for music, believe it or not, and then I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, so I decided to go the exercise science route, and I still kind of had that itch in the back of my mind for physical therapy. It was still there, and it was kind of... Do I do that route? Do I go the gym route? What do I kind of do? And to be honest, in, in school, we were told a lot, at least in our school, it was, it was what's your plan B? Because PT school is really hard to get into. They, I mean, I think it was good and bad. I think they were keeping it realistic, but I think it was also like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not cut out for this type of, type of feeling. So I uh, ended up going exercise science, In my senior year, I I, um, opened a gym, so that was fun. Uh, That is called Functional Training Studio, and had that gym, and then graduated. The day I graduated, I was like, hmm, yeah, I think I want to do physical therapy school. So I went back, took the prereqs. Um, So that's kind of a long-winded story. What really got me to that threshold was actually Postural Restoration Institute. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of them a uh, big physical therapy, continuing continuing education institute, I guess, and got a lot, got involved with them and started really seeing the change and the difference that literally you can make on people's lives through these techniques and through kind of just physical therapy in general. And so at that point I realized after my you know 12 hour days as a gym owner, I realized that I was on the PT table for eight or nine of those 12 hours. And I was like, okay, let me actually do something about this. Uh, This is probably a sign that I should actually go to physical therapy school.
0: I love that. So you actually opened up your gym senior year of college.
2: Undergrad. Correct. Yeah. Of
0: undergrad. Wow. Okay. So did you keep it open through PT school? What was the transition into PT school like?
2: Yeah. So, um, so essentially like i said i had that gym that was called functional training studio um i decided to sell it to a good buddy of mine uh before going to pt school and what that did was it, it gave me a little bit of financial security which is a big thing and i know you guys just recently did a whole seminar on that right so it, it gave me a little bit of peace of mind it helped me pay for the majority of my school it helped me get a salary while in school which was again just nice. Um, and in doing that, I actually opened up a second gym. So during PT school, I, I, I scaled down. So I had a 2,300 square foot gym and moved to about a 900 square foot gym while in PT school. And I think if you can swing it, I think it's really valuable because you keep your skills. It's not like a three, you know, for me, I was coaching five, six, seven years before going to PT school. So I didn't want to lose the hands-on skills. I didn't want to lose the coaching skills, all those, those things that are really valuable to make a good PT. So I worked part-time at my gym, just more as a, a, a by appointment type of, you know, it wasn't just like an open gym. Um, But that allowed me to continue to work, continue to grow my business. And then ultimately it led to a really smooth transition, right? After PT school, I already had this business that I was slowly growing. So then transferring from PT student to physical therapist, it was very smooth, which really was the, the end goal was to how smooth could I kind of make that.
0: And in your first year of PT school, was there ever a point where you hit like an obstacle and had to work on overcoming it? And what was that?
2: I think for me, uh, it, it, this, may come, this may sound a bit strange, but I've, I almost felt like PT school was gonna be somewhat of a vacation. And let me explain when I say that I'm not downplaying PT school. It's definitely not a vacation and it's very hard, but I was, you know, entrepreneurial life and that whole side of things. It's a, it's a grind. It's hard, right? I mean, I was doing 12, 13, 14 hour days in the gym, getting up at literally 3:45 to get to the gym at four 30 in the morning. And I would leave at eight at night. So it's like, PT school is going to give me the sense of normalcy as far as schedule, you know, starting at 8 a.m. and kind of being done at 430. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest challenge and obstacle for me was to get back on that school side, right? And really like the studying, what it turned into before PT school, I was studying, but it was stuff I wanted to learn. It was stuff that I had control over. And now we had to learn all these new things and then get tested on it and all that environment. So really just kind of buckling down and getting more in that mindset and that shift of mindset to, okay, I'm a student again, work has to kind of go on the back burner, which is a strange sensation when, you know, you have those long days, day after day after day. So yeah, just really shifting back to that student mindset, figuring out, you know, optimal schedules and, and figuring out when I can train people and when I need to study and all that. Uh, fortunately for us, I don't know for you guys, but our school, our tests were only on Mondays. I don't know if that's a common thing in PT school or not, but our tests were only on Mondays. So it it was a catch 22 because it gave us the weekend, but then we didn't have a weekend, right? Cause it was literally studying. Uh, but that, that, that kind of schedule helped me also schedule kind of clients and figure out what was the best way to do it. So that aspect was really nice.
1: Yeah. I, I never had exams just on one day. I know it was very scattered, uh, but that's interesting too. And it it's good because at least you have some control of, okay, this is when test days are. So then, um, moving, you know, throughout PT school, was there any time where, um, you, uh, had to overcome other obstacles, uh, or we can shift into clinicals. So how um, how was clinical rotations for you?
2: Yeah, so clinicals were good. Um, we were at a bit of a transition point with our school. Where I went, it's a relatively newer program. I think I was the fourth or fifth cohort, so relatively new. Um, and they were kind of transitioning from what was required, and then obviously COVID, and there was a lot of moving pieces going on um for me i'm more orthopedic minded um and my clinics actually went really well because i built a really good relationship with my cis and a lot of them my last one was at a private uh, pt clinic which is more so the setting that i want to i work in but what worked out really nice is i was able to really build relationships with them and they actually now are referral sources and they kind of refer to me uh because i'm on the cash-based side So it was really nice kind of growing those those relationships and just learning from them and seeing kind of how how they play things but then seeing the continuation of care when they add that referral piece in Um, and for me i got really lucky on the on the my hospital acute side like i said i'm more the orthopedic outpatient Um, so i was at an orthopedic uh, hospital so it's kind of total hips total shoulders total knees so i got to see a lot of uh I, mean, I saw a ton of surgeries saw that saw that population a lot which is more so kind of who i deal with now um i think that was really valuable for me um because I, I that's who i deal with i think if you get in a rotation that you're dealing with sick sick people and that's maybe not who you deal with in the future i think it's valuable to see that but again i think it's just a little more valued with that as far as that orthopedic mindset
0: I just want to rewind one second. You just said you got referrals from your clinicals.
2: Yeah, it was really good. I mean, I, my CIs were awesome. I still talked to, I think I had four rotations. I think I still talk to three of them. Um, but yeah, when, when people run out of, of insurance, then they kind of come to me. So that was really nice. One of the locations that I own now um, is about four minutes from one of my clinics that I was at. And that actually got changed like two weeks prior to starting because of COVID. Um, So it was just kind of, you know, you talk about the opportunity getting switched last minute to about four minutes away from where one of your locations is. It was was kind of amazing.
0: I just wanted to point that out because some students might have thought they heard that wrong. (laughs) They'd be like, wait, 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 how can you possibly get referrals from your clinicals? But I think that's absolutely amazing. You guys, like, take advantage of when you are a student and make those connections. And then when you're graduated, like, wow, things can be so different.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I I really think it's just a point to always keep that end, end in sight, right? Like build those connections, but like, how is that going to help you now? But how can they help you later? And also how can you help them later? Right. For you or for me, for example, I I'm now a resource for them. If needed and that for them that shows their patient or client that they care hey I want you to make sure that you still have a good standard of care so I want to refer you to this guy right or to this girl depending on what you're doing so definitely if you think that you are going to go your own route your own clinic route definitely be mindful of of your your clinical rotations and really try to connect with your patients and CIs because you never know what it could turn into
0: That's crazy, but I think that's so amazing. I just want to say that because I, like as a student, would not have thought, because I was kind of like you in the orthopedic mindset more so, I would not have thought to myself, oh, during my inpatient rotation, like I should definitely just work harder at connecting to my CI, even though I'm not interested in inpatient. That's something that just clicked for me as you said that, and I think students need to hear yes. So that was clinicals.
2: Yeah. And and like, I think it's just a test to, to, to not just being stuck in the present, but also kind of knowing where you're going. And Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, they may not know, but I think, I really think clarity is power, right? The more clear you can get on what you're doing, then you know what specific actions you need to take in order to get to that end goal that you want. But if, if you don't know where you're going, you don't know what to do throughout the day. And that's where people kind of just kind of get in the rut. And then they kind of just go throughout their day and, and they may miss opportunities like that. Right.
0: And they don't even know it.
2: Yeah. Yep. I mean, really, that's, that's what a lot of this kind of whole game is in the game of just mindset okay. and and positivity and success and achievement and all that. It's, it's just increasing your awareness enough To a threshold, we're actually aware of these things, right? I feel like a lot of these things live under that radar of a, if you think of like a threshold and like a lot of people think that the answer to get what you want for achievement or this and that is like a crazy hard formula and a hard thing, but really it's something that's like literally right under that threshold. And if you just bring your awareness up enough, then it tells you kind of all the things you need to know. Exactly. So sorry, a little bit of a tangent.
0: No, don't apologize (laughs) at all. That was good. And I think um, moving from your clinicals into the board's prep, let's let's touch on the beginning of board's prep first. Could you take it before graduation?
2: We were not allowed to. Um, our school only allowed it for like certain circumstances, i.e. if you were joining the military or something where you had to, you know, leave and be a physical therapist. Um, our school, we graduated in December, So I think it's interesting, all these PT schools kind of start and end on different time points. Um, But yeah, we ended in December. uh, So there's an exam in October that we could have took. But yeah, we had to wait to the January exam.
1: And that first uh, exam, I guess, prepping and getting ready for it. Did you feel ready when you took the January exam or were you studying and you're like, oh, my practice exam scores are not where they should be. I'm going to take that leap of faith anyway and see what happens.
2: So I went into the first PT exam and I truly thought I was ready. Um, I so we were given the therapy ed courses and, uh, and textbooks from our uh, school. And so we took that course. We had practice exams from them. We had uh, a kind of the we called it the big book and the little book right if you if you are familiar with therapy ed, there's a big book and then a very shortened down version and i feel like i had that to a t um and went in there and did not get the result that i was looking for so that was really interesting and looking back i'm i'm kind of happy that i didn't because it really taught me a lot of things
1: uh yeah i feel like going through an exam. And what were your initial thoughts when you uh, did not pass the first time? Like what was going through your head and um, kind of take us through that time?
2: Yeah, so it's definitely a shock to the system. So for anyone that has experienced it, I can totally relate. And I totally understand. Um, it's definitely a shock. It's I, I think the whole process of you know not really knowing when when your results go up. And then all of a sudden they're just posted and it's like right on the page. It's not like a little box that says like, click here for your results. It's just right in your face, right? And I think that also adds to it. Uh, There's just, there's a lot of emotions that go into it. Um, I was definitely in shock. I mean, I would be lying if if I were to say that I wasn't in shock. But for me, I tend to not dwell on things because dwelling on that result isn't gonna change the result, right? I really just, I would say for a solid hour, I was kind of like, you know, thinking about it, this, that, and the other, wanting to know what I got. And then I I really think I moved on pretty quick. Um, because again, letting that linger is is not going to do anything for me, especially when I'm trying to run a business, trying to then restudy. It's it's gonna just create a lot of negative things in all areas of life. So yeah, and, and again, everyone's different. And I'm not saying my way of kind of coping with things is right or wrong. I just kind of look at it realistically where, okay, I could sit here and sulk, but that's not going to do anything, right? It's not going to change the result. It is what it is. I need to now know what I need to do different for the for the second time around. So that's kind of where I was at was, what can I do different? And, and I kind of went from there.
0: So now, what did you do differently? And you were still running a business. I just want to point that out to people. You were still running a business while studying for boards during a pandemic. So yeah, what was different the second time?
2: So uh, I didn't mention this before, but ironically enough, I actually wasn't aware of the PEAT exams. And that is a massive part. Everyone here, everyone listening is probably... Hysterically laughing, because that's like the gold standard to know if you're ready. Um, I, I wasn't aware of it. And uh, it, it, was, it was on the bottom of an email that our school gave us, um, you know, the academic peets And this is one of the lessons I learned to read emails thoroughly, um, because I didn't see that. Um, so the Pete exam was the big thing that I, I took when I got around. However, I still wasn't getting the result that I wanted. I actually wasn't passing the PEATs. Um, so I think the biggest thing, uh, I still kept up with the therapy ed books, but I really added the PEAT in. And, you know, if you do your PEAT, you can see the explanations and you get a ton of valuable information, right? Because there's so many different topics that you can get within one question. So I really used the PEET to try to help kind of bring me through that 600 passing threshold. So the Pete really, to be honest, was the biggest thing that I did the second time around.
0: Gabby, you totally look like you were going to say something there. I'm letting you guys kind of take this a little bit because you guys have a very similar experience. And I I know that this third time for Gabby is the Mm -hmm. final time. And I know for so many students, like we said before we hit record, have gone through exactly what we're talking about today, but they're too afraid to talk about it or don't feel comfortable talking about it which is totally fine but like hopefully this is helpful for them and so second time around you weren't passing the peds did you still take it anyway
2: yep so still took the MPTE. um i I was already scheduled to be honest like i kind of was committed um i figured i'd be kind of be able to get my score up quick enough and through the Pete's really, and through really just understanding better how they answer, how they ask questions and, and really, what are they really looking at? And so, yeah, so I, uh, I still was scheduled to then take, I believe the April NPTE.
1: And then after that point going through seeing again, and I, I know this feeling, um, seeing again that you did not pass, Uh what was going through? Did you cope differently? Um, what was that second time around? Uh feelings.
2: Yeah, this so the second time around, um, I it it was definitely harder to take. I felt like I because I've took it once, I thought I already, you know, you get a little bit of an ego boost. Uh, I don't know if that's the biggest oxymoron in the world, you get an ego boost after failing the MPT, but you get an ego boost in the sense that you kind of know you know a little bit more as far as what to expect, what type of questions, what content do they kind of lean towards a little bit. So uh, I, after so I after I took the second uh, MPT, I was like, okay, I definitely got a couple more questions right. I should be good. So I felt really good. So. The second time when I got the results back and I saw that not passing grade, I don't even like to say fail, right? Because fail is more so like if you quit, that turns to failure, right? So that non-passing grade, um, and I think that's important for people to, to, if you are in that boat of not passing, maybe change your language, right? Maybe failing isn't the right option and the right word that you should be saying to yourself. Um, so not passing. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was harder to take because I thought I did better. Um, but again, I, I still kind of had that same mindset be, just because that's kind of just how I am where I, I wasn't going to let it affect. Like, you know, the rest of my week, the rest of the month. Right. I, I didn't want it to affect my business, my clients, all that. So I would say it, it impacted me greater than the first one, because I thought that I really truly passed. But again, it was still the same mindset where like, okay, the next day, like I gotta, I gotta keep moving, like nothing sitting here looking at this non-passing score, thinking about questions is, it's not going to do anything for me, right? I still have responsibilities. I still have to move on. And I think that's really important for people to understand because it's, and again, I don't, I don't want to tell people how to cope, but just, I like to bring it to awareness where is that is kind of is thinking about that over and over gonna change the the result, right? And unfortunately it doesn't, but how can you actually improve and what do you actually learn from that non-passing score? That's when it becomes valuable, is when you start to understand what you actually learned from it, not just see it as a failure or, or a non-passing grade, but what did I actually learn? As it relates to the MPT, as it relates to life, as it relates to a lot of things.
0: And then your third time around after looking at the not passing symbol, which I think is super valuable students who are listening. Like you gotta be kind to how you're speaking to yourself and how you're absorbing what's like going on that you are, whatever you're going through, you know, you just have to be really kind in your language to yourself. Um, How was the third time after you saw that and you were like, okay, I need to do something differently here. What did you actually do differently than for the third time around, while still running your business? Mm
2: -hmm. The third time around was, I mean, this was the biggest aha moment. Um, I realized looking back, it's funny, right? When you're in the situation, it's it's hard to understand and justify things and know really what's right and wrong. So looking back at the second one and looking back at the first, I realized I didn't change much. It was the peat, that was it. I was using the same course books I was using, I pretty much memorized that thing and it wasn't giving me the result. So it really, it really kind of was that light bulb moment. And whether you're talking business, whether you're talking finances, whether you're talking MPTE, it doesn't matter. But if you're not getting the result you like, you have to change. And I think people think they tell themselves they're going to change, but they don't take the action to change. And that's what I did the second time was I told myself I'm changing. I'm taking the Pete's. I'm learning from the Pete's. Um, Maybe I'm looking at a podcast here or there, but I didn't really truly change. But I believed I told myself the story that I changed and the stories you tell yourself may be good or bad. So the third time around, I did a massive change. Um, Luckily, uh, my girlfriend was very supportive and she also helped take action so it you know this is a massive thing for family, friends, loved ones right everyone can kind of relate to that just how much this this exam starts to kind of take a chunk of your life so a lot of appreciation to family members and girlfriends and boyfriends and husbands wives all of that um, and she you know we kind of sat down and she was like, we, we got to do, like we have to figure out, right? We have to change. And that's when I realized having a coach was going to be hands down the best thing. Um, so I got the coach and that was really good. But then the coach also led to different textbooks, different resources. So there was a lot of different things as, as it relates to change that really then helped me finally pass that hump after the third time to get that, that passing result.
1: And I bet it felt so good. And it's, I don't know if it was more of that anticipation, like, you know, what that not pass, you know, not past looks like. So when you saw that, that symbol blue symbol with, you know, you passed what, what was that for you?
2: It was, it was really, obviously I really, it didn't, it was surreal. It didn't feel real, to be honest. Um, But I think the big picture here is that when you have these different adversities, you start to expect failure. I realized right before I was opening on the day that it, that the results came out, I was like, I started doubting myself. I was like, yeah, maybe I didn't pass it maybe actually i didn't pass this time maybe it didn't go well and you start to expect failure you start putting all these stories in your head and it's crazy and it kind of goes back to the first point in the beginning when we were talking about awareness like you can't change those stories unless you're aware of it so i had a lot of moments where i was really changing my story right and telling myself i I put in all this time with a coach I, i read all these different textbooks right you're doing these things and and all those things are going to give you the change that you need. Right. But it's about taking the action and the change. So it was surreal. It kind of still feels surreal, to be honest, because I got used to the seeing that non-passing grade. Um, I definitely looked at it probably three or four times, like clicked out and came back on and was like, wait, is this, is this real? Uh, so that was, that was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, it's a really, it was definitely a really good moment. Uh, it, it's just, it's nice to be done, but again, I don't know if I would necessarily change it. And I truly believe that because it really, it taught me a lot of things that I can then take with me and then talk with people about and kind of have this open conversation about.
0: Yeah. What did you learn? Because some students are some students who are listening to this might be pre-PTs and not really understand like how long you have to wait to take the next exam and like what that means for your life. Can we just touch on that for a minute for the people who don't really know that yet?
2: It feels like forever to answer your question (laughs) bluntly. Yeah. It's you have to wait. And again, when you're, when you're running a business as well, you're, you're kind of juggling a lot of different things. Right. And you know, I am truly grateful that I was able to have my business and have that grow. During all of this, because, again, a lot of people don't pass and then they, they try to find different jobs and they, it's it turns into a, a, a big time thing. Um, so but I think I think we kind of touched upon a lot of the things I learned. The, the biggest lesson is is goes back to that change. Right. If you truly want change, you have to take action. It can't be a it can't be a thought people tell themselves the stories that I changed, I'm going to change, I'm going to do this time, I'm going to do this better, I'm going to do it different this time around. But unless you truly take action and and make a commitment, like for me, I hired a coach and we dove into so many things. And and one of the the greatest lessons that she taught me or the quote that stays with me is, is she said, when I take that test, you need to be a PT, not a person. And what she really means by that is a person will do the right thing when you're in the clinic, but that's not necessarily the right answer on the test. The test wants that textbook answer because it needs to be justified. And she kind of filled me in that typically people that she's worked with, that the more experience that they have, the harder or the more difficult time they typically have with the MPTE because they start putting all these patients or clients they've worked with in the situation, in the question, right? And you start adding a ton of information to the question and i am totally guilty of that uh, for sure adding you know adding a person here there hey i've seen that with this person and they kind of they look like this and typically that's the opposite 50 50 answer that's wrong um so i I think really understanding change taking action action with change but then even if this happens like how how are you going to learn from it what are you going to do like what do you take with you and For me, it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a testament to just kind of keep on going. I mean, it's as simple as it is, but like, you can't, you can't stick in it. You've got to bring things to enough awareness to where you can take change and then get the action or the result that you're, that you're truly looking for.
0: And when you finally passed, what actually changed in your life? How was it really different after, what was it? Six, nine, it was nine months of studying.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, really, August 2020 is kind of when I started, and then the last MPT was in July. Almost a year. Yeah, so it, it. what changed, to be honest, not much, right? And that's what makes it a little bit more surreal for me, because a lot of people, when they pass, they then go get their job. But for me, I was already working, right? So for me, it's just, it's really opening up a lot of a lot of communication in my community so now I'm able to truly reach out and kind of say hey I'm a physical therapist I'm here to help if you have any sort of clients or patients that need help uh, or are injured so it's really opened up a lot more communication and dialogue for me so that's been the biggest thing as far as working I still have the same people coming in the next day after I failed every time and when I passed right I still did the same thing nothing really changed and that's a that's a big point is that this NPTE doesn't define you or doesn't define you as a as a therapist and that's something i kept telling myself too fortunately i was able to see growth of my business with non-passing results so it was that perspective really helped me to show what you're capable of even not passing right so it's not the end of the world um it it will all work out it's just if it's not working out what needs to be done and what needs to be changed for it to actually work out
1: yeah i think those are all very Very valid points and uh, a lot of students listening uh, will be able to take away from. And our last question, I know we talked about a lot today, but what is one piece of advice you would give to a current PT student?
2: My one current advice is to, it kind of goes back to the theme of what we were talking about was, is is the awareness piece of try to figure out where you want to go and try to figure out how you're gonna get there. I think a lot of PT students, they wait till passing their boards or very close to, or you can say graduation, as far as really figuring out what they wanna do. Whereas you have three years to learn. And it doesn't, you can learn in the classroom, you can learn outside the classroom. Um, I actually created a, a platform for that, it's called the PR Club. But it's, don't be afraid to, to really learn and not and not lose sight that you will graduate one day. So what are the connections you can make? Who are the people you can talk to? What continuing education credits can you take, right? Like I got certified in dry needling my last year of PT school, right? So you can do stuff like that. So try to, and you get a student discount, which is nice, right? For a lot of things. So take advantage of the student discounts. But I think a lot of people get consumed in in the test and all that of PT school, which I'm not downplaying, you know, you do need to pass those. But again, don't lose that mindset as far as where you want to go, because that can help you have three years to learn how to get there and do everything kind of in the right way. um, As a student,
0: pull the student card while you can, because honestly, the time just flies by. And I know that's so cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. Um, And you mentioned the PR club. Can we talk about that briefly? What the heck is that? When did you create it?
2: Yeah, the, so the PR club, it it stemmed from coming to the realization that PT schools are, are teaching you how to pass the boards, right? And that's great. That's what they're there for. So they're serving their purpose. The problem is they, they don't teach a lot of the application part, right? For example, like how do we coach a deadlift? Like what's a regression of a deadlift? Uh, Even if you're in a PT setting that doesn't deal with like, quote, unquote, people deadlifting, they're picking things up, right? Like, how do we do this? So the PR club really, it comes down to personal and professional growth. Because if we really break down achievement, achievement is pretty much 80% psychology and 20% strategies. So what I go into is a lot of self-development psychology stuff, but also a ton of coaching tools so some some of the, some of the categories are physical therapy self development practical exercise science and i have an exercise database um notice how i said practical exercise science meaning it's not just it's not me teaching you the anatomy right we all know that so pt students they are graduating known as movement experts so for me and for everyone to live up to that responsibility, you have to ask yourself, are you a movement expert? Can you coach these things? Can you see when things are wrong? And do you know the why behind it? And I find that a lot of PT students really can find the why as far as relating to the muscles and, and saying, you know, and, and that diagnosis, but struggle when it comes to the application. So the PR Club is it's a it's a, it's it's a way that PT students can accelerate their application-based learning and it's all self-paced you kind of you get a membership and you learn these things there most videos range from five to ten minutes so it's not like you have to commit to you know your whole weekend it's it's really just a self-paced way for you to keep up on the application side as you then are continuing the the knowledge side with it in PT school
1: I think that's incredible and more students definitely need that because going into clinicals, your CI is going to ask you why, you know, why are you doing this? I know I got that why question a lot. And there were some times where you kind of blank, you're like, yeah, why, why am I doing this? I don't, I don't know the why I know the, um, like I know the information, I can tell you what muscles are, are working, but the actual application of it, I think it's, it's so key so um we'll definitely put that in the description for people who are interested in the pr club and uh where can people find you on social media because we know they're going to have more questions after this episode
2: yeah so uh, as, we, as I kind of alluded to, I'm, uh, I'm always kind of open and, and want to have this open dialogue for anyone, whether it's someone that's not passing the MPT, whether it's someone that's looking to, to go their own way with their own business or have certain questions. So uh, my personal is just at b that's B-L-E-R-I-C-H-E, and that's my personal. And then the, the gym is performance underscore redefined underscore. And really uh, the link tree in there can kind of bring you to, I have a free Facebook group that you can join for free trainings. Uh, you can schedule a call. Um, so everything kind of is in that link tree, but yeah, those are two places. And then the actual PR club is just the PR
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Brian. It was so good to talk with you.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Gratitude.
1: We would absolutely love to hear your biggest takeaway from this episode and share it out on all of the social media platforms and tag us so we can see it.
0: And if you like our show, the best thing you could do is to take a minute to write a review to help us get this out to more students like you to shift the narrative away from stress and broke SPT.